5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. again friends and you are our friends it's uh, the patrick johnson show p-man with you here wrapping up the week wrapping up the month wrapping up this friday it's the get you to the weekend edition uh, our great producer uh, ben byram ben how are you i'm good i'm, I'm good i'm ready for the weekend ready to get going. things going uh, it sounds like it it sounds like it a big weekend for uh, our guy ben byram and uh and others as well and a big monday upcoming for ben a uh, big show today we're gonna have uh, for you Donnie Kirkpatrick with us, uh, ECU offensive coordinator. A lot of things to talk to Donnie about, so we're going to jump into that uh, fairly shortly here and uh, go ahead and get him on the phone in just a matter of minutes, actually. Uh, Nikki Novak will be with us a little bit later on, uh, but first, some of the big news of the day. ECU announcing earlier this morning that they will begin the fall semester August 10th, two weeks earlier than originally scheduled. Of course, this is a move to get uh, the semester in and have classes stop uh, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, And then they would start the second semester, Tuesday, January 19th, and there would be no spring break. So the semester would end in early May for uh, the uh, 2021 portion of the 2021 academic uh, year. So we'll ask Donnie Kirkpatrick about that. Uh, Let's go ahead and grab a break. We'll get to Donnie uh, on that and uh, Nikki Novak to come. It's a big addition here today of the Patrick Johnson Show. No better way to wrap up a week and a month, quite a month it's been, uh, than talking a little Pirate football. Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU Offensive Coordinator. A great friend of the program. He's with us now. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Patrick. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, and uh, we're thrilled to have you on today. Donnie K-Day well, here on the PJ well, it's, Show. It's, it's good. It's good to talk to somebody besides my wife, and I know she appreciates this. <laughs> That this has got me out of her hair for a little bit. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, my wife probably feels the same way. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. She likes it when I'm working, and if I'm around the house a little too long, uh, working from home, I get yeah. encouraged to go run an errand or, or do something. So, yeah. one of those deals. <laughs> well, that's 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 the same thing there. I think we started out uh, enjoying. Uh, having dinner, you know, which is unusual oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for for us to have that many dinners together. I think that quickly led to uh, how much am I going to have to cook? You know, when are you going to start cooking something? <laughs> and, you know, and so I got to say, we, we have helped somewhat the local restaurants with the takeout. We've surely participated yeah, in absolutely. our share of those takeouts right there. So I, so I felt a little bit like I was doing something good for the community that way. But uh, then I don't know, after about uh, six, seven, eight weeks, whatever, I think uh, Misty started thinking maybe they should move the season up or something. Maybe I should go play virtual. Maybe I should go play virtual football a little bit. You're starting to disrupt my life here a little bit. I'm not used to you being around here, and you know there were only so many movies I could try to watch and fall asleep to eventually. So, but I uh, I've learned a lot of things in this deal here. I know how to use the fire stick now and make my TV into what they call a smart TV, mm-hmm. I guess, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because you can only watch so much of the normal programming. Uh, so we have found a few other things to watch uh, to keep us occupied. 
Donnie, I got to ask you, uh, you know, I think a lot of what you and other coaching staffs around the country are doing has been a real uh, adoption of technology and, and using technology that maybe you didn't uh, think you would or could use or even have maybe had access to. Now that you have access to a lot of things, I, I got to think in some ways this is going to improve efficiency in your profession. You know, I think you really have stumbled on something there that we've discussed. Uh, you know, a few of the older gentlemen on the staff, me and Coach Shankwater probably come to mind, you know, have, uh, you know, have proven that, you know, you can teach an old dog a new trick every now and then. Now, it took me a few more times to chase the stick a little bit more than it did maybe some of the younger fellas. Um, but we have tried to embrace that. And, you know, there have been some good things come of it. Uh, the, the technology, I, we, we've said this a couple of times in some of the meetings, is that, you know, if this would have happened 20 years ago, I, I really don't know what we would have been doing at this point. But we, we've worked our tails off, really, to be honest with you. It's given us the, the ability, you know, this technology to, to keep everything going. The only thing we've, we've really lost, we, we lost the 15 days of spring practice, sure. and you can never, you can never get those back. Uh, most of the country lost those days as well. Not everybody. Kind of depended on what your counter was and when you were going to start. But we'll never get those back. You know, that's like sleep. You, you, you never make it back up if, if you've lost that sleep. But, you know, uh, we will adjust. But all the other things, recruiting, it is, uh, it's been really a, an advancement in that. Uh, personal development and just communication. Uh, this technology is pretty amazing. Do you feel like you've had a, a pretty good line of communication with all of all of your players on offense? I mean, you've been able with the, the offensive coaches and yourself to, to have a pretty good open line of communication to these kids. I mean, I know, it's, again, it's not seeing somebody, uh, particularly your players, face-to-face every day in spring camp and, and, you know, even what would be the start of the offseason in a sense. But do you feel pretty good about – you know, that level of communication, all things considered? Yeah, I really do. You know, again, I don't know if you could ever, you know, uh, say that you can make up for being able to be together, you know, in the personal uh, touch of being in meetings. And again, uh, you know, being on the field with the instruction time and being able to do something and do it over again and then watch it on tape and then go back and repeat it the next day. We, We haven't been able to do that, but uh, you know, as far as communication with our team, I, I thought that the university and, and a lot of this started with, with John Gilbert, our athletic director, and then Coach Houston, they, they immediately kicked into a plan uh, and got us this Zoom, Microsoft Teams uh, ability. Now, we already had a thing called TeamWorks that was a mass communication where, you know, you could text any group or the entire team or one individual uh, you know, through this teamwork and get a hold of them, which we used throughout the year. So, you know, right away we started, you know, doing that as a team. And then Coach Harrell was doing it for the defense. I was doing it for the offense. And then all the coaches were mass texting their kids and having communication with them, uh, you know, right from the get go. But then uh, we started doing uh, a team meeting every week. Uh, which Coach Houston ran. He had a message. Sometimes it was a PowerPoint presentation. Sometimes it was a motivational video. One day he was standing in the stadium, you know, for, you know, for atmosphere to make a, 
uh, an effective type deal. Sometimes he was in the team room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he was walking through the facility, you know, or the locker room, showing something that might be on the wall to to drive the point home. And then we had position meetings throughout the time that we would have been in spring practice. So, for example, we were to practice every Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. And, you know, they're what we call install meetings where you're putting in plays or the defense is putting in certain defenses and stuff like that. We had those meetings by way of Microsoft Teams. And we can see the kids, so they can't just sleep on you or right. whatever. They can right. see you, you know, so you can't just be sitting there having a drink or anything, too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you're working just pretty much as if you were in that install meeting with them. You know, again, you, you weren't able to go out and then practice it. But what we were able to do was – even go over drill work and things they needed to work on because we'd be watching cut-ups from the fall. For example, you know, the quarterbacks, we, we watched all those things. And then uh, I gave them things they needed to go work on. Now, they had to do it from the beginning somewhat individually and go out and kind of do that, but they found ways to do that. So there's been a lot of communication to the point where by the time we got to the end of the semester, we decided, all right, we need to give them a week or so off. They're, they're probably – tired of us you know because now normally they would go home for a week or two and we would go hit the road recruiting and be away from them so we did try to at least take a break in there because we felt like we had been communicating with them that much donnie kirkpatrick ecu offensive coordinator is is with us here the recruiting aspect of this i mean there's been the the proclamation on social media and again you know pirate football social media i think continues to be uh, dynamic and uh exciting uh, but it talks about your virtual road trips. Now, uh, much better than getting in the car and the hotels and all that to a degree, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, Coach Houston didn't hear you agree with me on that. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, as far as, you know, that line of communication, you, you kind of are in, in an area where I think a lot of kids are comfortable, you know, in that sort of one-on-one FaceTime, uh, you know, Zoom, however they're communicating digitally. You know, it it was so different this spring, yet, again, not to just keep patting ourselves on the back, again, but just with the help of the school and, and some really good planning, we were able to, I think, really, really be pretty efficient. It, it, in fact, we're way ahead in recruiting to where we would have been uh, in a normal normal year. Now, it's it's been different. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is, is that, yeah, we would have taken off uh, right after the spring game, about a week after the spring game, and we would have started traveling to high schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing, you're talking about saving money, which is a good time to be saving money because we weren't getting in airplanes. We weren't getting in rental cars. We weren't getting in our own cars and turning in gas receipts. You know, there were no per diems for meals. There were no motel, hotel-type bills, or all those type things. So we, so we were pretty cost-efficient in that aspect. And, you know, you would go to somewhere between six and seven high schools a day. And the thing about that is, is that uh, you you do get that personal relationship with that coach. Now, it's not a time of year when you're really allowed to have a visit with a prospect. You can somewhat bump into him, which sometimes if you're playing well, you'll go see the coach while that young man (laughs) might be in his physical education class or his weight room class so that 
you know, you are allowed to, to eyeball him, or if he walks by, you know, you can get a, a maybe a, a head nod in there. But you have to be very careful about that anyhow. But then, uh, you know, you go, you get transcripts, you do things like that with the guidance counselor. And, you know, you may speak to some other teachers or other coaches and stuff. But you get about six to seven if you'll really get your tail up in the morning and you'll really hump it through the day. Um, what we did, we did it virtually through, you know, calling the coaches which because of the situation, the coaches didn't think you were slighting them by just giving them a call instead of coming to see them. Well, we were able to do 14, 15 schools a day. Yeah. And so, you know, we were able to really cover more areas uh, that way. And then we still had a lot of time to evaluate young men uh, through all the film that is available to you now. So I used to go and you'd go to a high school. You'd have to go, go through the security. You'd have to park, go to the front office. Asked to see the coach. They'd send someone down to get you. You'd go down and find the coach. Inevitably, somebody, if he was a PE guy, you would be able to talk with him. Somebody'd get hit in the head with a volleyball, and he'd have to go over there and, you know, give first aid or something. You'd get interrupted, (laughs) you know, and then he'd walk you up to the guidance counselor. You would be in a line of 17 students, you know, trying to find a way to get their transcripts sent to a college. You'd have to wait. You'd end up giving your card to them and having them send the transcript to you anyhow about 50% of the time. But because of the situation, everybody had nobody there. So, you know, it was easy to get the coaches, have good conversation. And as, as the coaches would recommend kids and you talk about kids, you could literally be sitting here at your desk or my desk being the dining room uh, table here. I would <laughs> look the kid up on my computer right. with all this technology you have now. And as he was sitting there telling me about Johnny Smith, who he says is 6'11", you know, and 317 pounds and runs a 4'3", I can look up and see that he's really 5'11", 190 pounds or whatever, and I can watch him play. And if he's really good, we continue to talk about him. And if he's not, I move on to the next kid, you know, encourage him to go that way. Yeah. The, the visits were very, very efficient that way. And then, you know, even in the guidance department, our our our, our recruiting department took over and really requested most of those. And I think the counselors had more time because they didn't have as many students in their office and stuff. We got those transcripts quicker, we felt like. So we covered a lot more area, I think, in recruiting. And uh, just, you know, I think with the time we were able to get them, then they, then they started allowing you to call them more. They, mm-hmm. they took away, you would normally have only get one call to a prospect in his junior year from April 15th until the end of May. Well, then they went to unlimited phone calls. So we've actually talked to the kids a lot more than we normally would have. Now, what we have lost is that we would have had more kids on campus yeah. and they would have gotten a chance to see. And that's a big thing at East Carolina because we find that probably 75% of these prospects until they come to campus, they really don't realize how special East Carolina is. We get kind of grouped into this thing because we're not, you know, in the major, major conference type deal sometimes as if we're a Division two school and they don't they don't realize, wow, that's a nice stadium. Wow, that's a nice weight room. That's nice. Everything that you got unbelievable practice field. And, you know, we have a nice campus. And so we did lose that. But what we did was we ended up doing these virtual video, virtual yeah. tours, mm-hmm. and got these things going. And, and J.P. Gunner and our recruiting staff, uh, Jarrett Osmond, who handles all our graphics and things, they just kicked into gear. And before long, we were able to send these guys these virtual tours, and they can just work themselves through it, 
to the point where you click a button and then you get an interview with the strength coach and he walked, you know, into the stadium. And you know what? A lot of the kids that were doing just like they would do when they get to campus are going like, man, y'all got a nice place here. And so uh, at this point right now, we feel like in a lot of ways we're way ahead in recruiting just because of all that. Again, we've lost some of the eye, you know, personal touch of touching these people. But with the Zoom, we've done, uh, you know, meetings where Coach Houston, the position coach, the coordinator, maybe the recruiting coach, we're all on a, on a Zoom meeting with these kids, their parents. And it's been like we've been doing in-home visits which you were not really allowed to do at this time. So I know our commitment list is not extremely high right now, but a lot of that's because we're gonna we're being very selective in a lot of ways in that we've taken uh, we had a big signing class this year and the signing class for the for the next class is not that large. Gotcha. Donnie Kirkpatrick is uh, with us, ECU offensive coordinator. Uh, Donnie's agreed to stay on with us. We're gonna grab a break and uh, come back and a lot more to talk about, including uh, the voluntary return of uh, student-athletes, football players to campus, and some questions about uh, the Pirates offense that a lot of you folks have sent us. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll have that for you on this uh, wrapping up the week, get you to the weekend version of the Patrick Johnson Show. We've got Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, with us uh, here, ECU Offensive Coordinator. It was announced earlier today uh, that ECU is going to move classes up to uh, August 10th, and that's when the uh, general student body will uh, will begin uh, classes, or student body as a whole will begin uh, classes. Uh, ECU football players, along with men's and women's basketball players, can return to campus voluntarily starting on Monday for uh, workouts. Uh, Donnie, I know you guys have probably spent a lot of time figuring out, uh, certainly Mike Houston and Big John have, how those workouts uh, are going to go and, and how they'll be divvied up and staggered and, and what have you. Uh, and and a, a new piece of information for the staff to kind of consider and work on today. And I know it's kind of being worked on uh, somewhat as we speak, but uh, now you kind of look at, all right, starting Monday, we've got that kind of ramp up to students coming back. Nothing official yet, but that seems to be a really positive indicator for that week zero game against Marshall. Uh, you know, a lot of questions still, a lot of things that have to flesh out, but I, I view this as all really positive things here in the next few days and coming weeks. Yeah, I'm with you exactly on that. Uh, I woke up to an uh, email this morning, you know, early seven o'clock, something in the morning that, uh, University had decided to move classes up two weeks. And so it wasn't like a total shock, though, because though we've, we've made plans uh, throughout this time, again, having so many uh, ways to have staff meetings to communicate, uh, just last week when other universities started announcing that they might be using, moving the semester up, you know, we discussed could this be something that we're looking at? And at that point, they said no. But, again, you know that it could be coming. So we weren't just, like, totally blindsided by that. So uh, you, you just – you all have to prepare. You, you have to over-prepare. It, it's very much like you have to do in football. We have to go into a game preparing for the defense, you know, to, to, to blitz here. Even if they maybe have not blitzed, you still have to have a plan for that. Or, you know, if they come out in a three-down front instead of a four-down front or whatever. So you always have to have a plan and then – uh, you know, the, you, you'll be much more successful than if you go in. Well, we didn't have a plan for that. You know, we just never thought right. that would 
happened. Right, yeah, yeah. So so we've grown up plans throughout. We've, we've communicated with other schools about how they're handling this, uh, you know, and what they're doing with their time and how they're handling their players and when, when are they trying to get their players back and, you know, those things. So that's always been something that's discussed every time we, we get on a Zoom meeting. But today, I guess it kicked into gear again with that, and I know that I'm not involved in some of those meetings, but I did speak with the, uh, the director of administration, Dale Steele, this morning, and he was already, you know, knee-deep in it, working on different plans, about three different plans. If we play, you know, the week zero, if the game got moved back to week one, you know what I'm saying, if it got pushed yeah. back again, and now we've kicked in another plan. And, and the big concern with, with August 10th, you know, would be that uh, the, the the players would be in class so much earlier, and you're normally in about a four week camp like type atmosphere. Though we don't leave, we, we we go to the dorms, but they are pretty much locked down from about six o'clock in the morning till about ten o'clock at night, uh, where it's ball all day, as we say. And so that might have to change a little bit. Uh, we'll have to adjust just as everybody else will. But I know. Uh, there's a whole group of guys over there, Coach Houston and Mr. Gilbert and then Dale and the whole group that works up in the front office are right now working on different plans. And I know they're talking to different universities that are going through the same thing. As far as you know, do you feel like that you will have the vast majority, uh, if not every player to a man back Monday, or is this really kind of a wait and see? Because you know, certain states have different regulations right now, and, and travel might not be quite as easy. Well, I, we don't anticipate having the entire team back by Monday, which, you know, the June 1st, and those when the NCAA has now said they can begin the voluntary workouts. Um, we do have uh, quite a few players that are here in town. Now, we, we have a lot of local players, which is good. We have a lot of players that are within an hour or two you know, because of the the way we recruit, mm-hmm. and then we're we're fortunate that we're in a good football area, so we do anticipate having a, a, a big number, but not the entire team back uh, that early, because we're not opening everything totally back up with with that right now. Uh, what I think we're probably shooting for, and I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to, to to say at this point, I think we're all hoping that by at least by July though right, that the right. entire team would be able to be back. The team is in summer school and it's a virtual deal. It's an online school. So the guys are taking classes at this time, but I know that's another big thing they're working on about how many people could be in the weight room at one time. You know, how do you keep the social distancing? How do you how do you try to be responsible yet at the same time us get going back with our lives here a little bit and get this going. All these talks have rejuvenated us in that it does sound positive, you know, and it is giving us hope that uh, the good things are, are ahead. So uh, how it's all going to work out, uh, they're, they're, they're working on it night and day, and the thing is it's changing, though, sometimes by the day yeah. as well. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU Offensive coordinators, with us here. We've had a lot of folks kind of uh, send us some emails or, or texts or what have you uh, to, to ask some questions. So, uh, right. we'll go to a little bit of that. Now, one of these I got, uh, wanted you to talk, you know, about what you were able to take from the second half of last year where the offense really kicked into high gear. How, you know, what, what are some carryover, 
effects of, of the way you all finished offensively? Well, with the exception of the last game, which I really was disappointed in how we played against Tulsa there on the Thanksgiving weekend, I did feel like there was a point in there where the, where the, where the players started to understand the offense a little bit better. We, we started way too slow, obviously, but uh, we did kick in the gear. And I, we, we are uh, really, really excited because really most of the offense is all back. And we've added some uh, uh, skill players to that, and we've added some guys up front. I think that will, will give us uh, a lot better chance to win some more games next year. So uh, the kids have worked hard. I hate that we missed spring practice because that would have been a really a time to take that thing, I think, to the next step. But the kids have worked hard. I mean, again, they're, they've worked on their own. They've worked in some small groups. We have kids sending us video of their workouts, you know what I'm saying, so we know, we kind of know what they're doing. But we got some good players coming back, and we're hoping to build on the offense. And, uh, you know, I know we, we threw the ball, I thought, the second half of the year, and then overall for the year, you know, our, our throwing game really started to, to flourish a little bit. Holton, I thought, really started to kick into gear. You know, CJ's, you know, just was he got – a little bit of the experience he took off, and, and, and Tyler Sneed is just fantastic. And, you know, Josiah Hatfield's got a lot of ability and Blake Pro, And so I think we're really good at wide out. Uh, what we do got to do is, and, and some want to hear this and some don't, we got to run it a little bit better than we did. That was the one thing we were probably, you know, a little bit more maybe too stubborn early in the year. We were trying to establish the run game. And, and some of that's, you know, because you're trying to play a team game. You know, you're trying to play right. how do you win the game? What's best for your defense? You know, what's the best way to just win the game? Uh, but we do got to get that going because uh, that's what will allow you to, to win late in the year. That's what will allow you to uh, be able to close games out. And then when you can run it, then it's a lot easier to throw it. And because if you can only throw it, eventually you'll see so much of the exotic defenses and all the different kind of blitzes and all the different ways of coverages that eventually you won't be able to throw it very well either. So uh, good things to build off of. I know the kids are excited. I think they've got some confidence. It was not a very confident group, I think, when we started the year off. And uh, it took a while to get going offensively for sure. But with the exception of that last game, I felt like we were starting to really, really look like what we needed to be. I'm going to come back to the offensive line, but since you brought up running back, that was another question that was sent in, uh, and I'll kind of piggyback on it. It was specifically about Chase Hayden, the kid who's entered the transfer portal and, and committed to ECU through that, uh, who's going to be immediately eligible, couple of years' experience there running the ball, uh, and uh, I don't know how much you've had a chance to, to study and interact with him. So that was a question we received, and I kind of wanted to follow up with, uh, you know, Penix, Mooney, how do you envision all those guys uh, along with Hayden as you enter uh, fall camp down the road at some point? Well, the one thing I've learned over the years is you can never have too many good players. The season's long. It's a physical deal, especially for a running back. They take so much punishment. I mean, you know, they got the ball, and then everybody's, you know, the attention's on them defensively. So they're taking so many – so many hits and stuff. So I don't think we'll ever be too deep there. Last year, with, with you know, we we'd come through the spring and 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 Penix had, had really established himself as probably the guy that maybe we could build it around a little bit with a really good spring practice and then a really good camp coming through that in the start of the year. And then when he got injured and we didn't get him back to the last couple of weeks. You know, we were really searching for you know who who's the guy. And, and what would happen is one guy would stand 
step up one week, and then the next week it'd be somebody else, and it was kind of a revolving door. And, and Demetrius Mooney was a true freshman that I think did an outstanding job of playing hard and learning the system quickly. But I think it was probably a little more than he thought he, even he was going to be doing in his freshman year. So, uh, you know, with the addition of some, some older guys to come in to maybe bridge that gap a little bit, I think we'd signed some really, really good incoming guys. Mm-hmm. One was able to come, you know, mid-semester, one was not. But then we lost the spring practice with him. So we were really concerned if, if we just had enough, you know, firepower probably at that position. And so that's why we kind of investigated the, the portal a little bit. And, and as always, there were some connections between, you know, staff there and staff here, people, new people, recommendations. And uh, I'm excited about the running back position. Uh, Coach Sims, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be a lot of his job to, to get that organized and have a good competitive uh, room in there that will also pull for each other but will be competitive enough that they'll have to work hard and play hard and earn, you know, those those reps out there and those touches with the football. Uh, Justin Chase transfers, uh, speaking of the portal, out of NC State. He's available immediately. Uh, Avery Jones, I think there's still some question there, uh, what, what may or may not happen. Uh, I think there's been a petition to try to uh, file to try to get him more immediately available, uh, immediately eligible. With all that said, uh, offensive line uh, needed some help. Some areas have been addressed, Chase coming in, possibly with Jones and then some of the other kids. But, I mean, that's a big work in progress uh, right now. And there's been a little attrition up front on both sides uh, for for ECU here. Uh, How do you feel about that group? How does Coach Shank feel about uh, that group and your conversations with him? I think we're really excited about where we are today uh, in that we've, we've had so many things happen to us. I think with the offensive line and, and as you even mentioned, the defensive line. And, you know, I, I'd referenced this somewhere else in one of these interviews that, you know, when, when we were winning conference championships, we were winning them because we were better than the other teams up front. I mean, our, our defensive line at one point here was, you know, NFL defensive yeah. line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, literally. And, and offensively, a couple of them too. But then the rest of them were just really, really good college players too. And so it was a battered group, I think, coming in. Uh, Cortez Herring getting hurt early in the season, you know, really, really was somebody. I don't know that we ever were able to replace him uh, with his experience there. Uh, Spellesty then going down to the concussion, you know, at, at midseason, and then him really not having spring practice or much of the fall camp. He was a little slow to get started anyhow, just about the time he started to hit his stride then, you know, gets another concussion. So yeah. Coach Shankwater did the most unbelievable job, probably the best coaching job of his life, though it wasn't the one that would get the blue ribbon. Yeah. Uh, you know, putting that group together and then just injuries in and out. And anytime you're switching centers in there, it's never very good for your rhythm uh, as well. So uh, at the end of the year, obviously we had a little bit of a discipline issue with Cortez and, you know, in Coach Houston's system, that's just not going to fly. Uh, though we care about the young man, we've done everything we can try to do to help him get back on track in life a little bit. But that was a a, a blow that, uh, you know, obviously we were hoping to get him back. And then a couple of other guys, one guy just got too, you know, he was graduating, could have come back, but had just too good a job offer. Not an NFL guy, so, you know, really that, that's why you go to school is to get the degree and get the job. And his opportunities were there, so he took those. 
and then another young man, you know, decided to kind of do the same thing a little bit too. So we were just really thin, not only in, in numbers, but just in guys with experience at playing. So we really did try to improve there. We've, we've gotten some, some older kids in, though some of them necessarily haven't played that much, but they have been in college situations. Uh, we're going to have some good competition now up front and we're going to be a lot more physical i think we're just going to be a lot more experienced and just going to have a lot more bodies to roll in there and get better and you know and, and defensively i i don't, I don't work as much obviously yeah, on that side right, of the ball right. i know they've had a lot of those stuff that, that they've done too because we had a lot of guys that just uh, probably just did not think this was the right place with the way we're going to do things here so we had a lot of openings there and we've tried to fill them and we want to be a hard-nosed physical team and uh you know you can't do that unless you're good up front i know you need to go but we have a ton of you know holt nailers questions uh i know lay a moment so i'm just i'm gonna kind of you know let us uh let, let you sort of in your own words uh kind of address holt nailers his off season and what you're anticipating uh you know out of the quarterback spot going into next season well there's not a harder working young man in the country than Hope Nailers. So that's one thing I do feel good about. So when I lay my head down each each night, that's one thing I feel good because I know Holton's put you know everything into it each day. And so uh, uh, he's found a way to to work out. He's found a way to 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 throw. He's 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 unbelievable. He's a fantastic leader. And he, uh, you know, like I say I watched video of his workouts the whole bit and. We've stayed in constant communication, and uh, I think he really has the offense down now. You know, last year it was – it takes a year or so learning new words. It's a whole new language. You know, it's a whole new way of somebody wanting you to do things. And there were some things going in, you know, after spring ball that, that he worked hard on in the summer. I think he improved on. Some of those, there were some backslide once you get into the games. And then eventually about midseason, I think he really, really started to – uh to understand that what we're trying to do and and we probably took the reins off of him a little bit and let him do some to do some more things and it, it really showed that he can be a dominant player and I'm anticipating him coming out and just being absolutely lights out this year uh, I know he he is a confident young man and he believes in himself and the reason he believes in himself is because he knows he's put the work in and I think it's become his team now it wasn't totally his team. I don't think at the beginning last year, you know, losing Reed Heron was a blow to us from the coaching staff because you always know that, you know, you're one snap away from the other guy having to play, so you got to have depth. Uh, but you know what? The one thing is, and, and it's the old thing that everybody's always talked about, when you do have kind of two quarterbacks on the team, it's a little bit hard for one of them to be totally in charge of the team. And so I do think after Reed decided to go into the portal – and we love Reed, and let's keep up with Reed all the time. He's one of my favorite guys. I do think once he did take actually go in the portal, as much as it scared me, what would we do if Holton got hurt? It did kind of give Holton the reins, and I think they all turned and realized, well, the future's Holton, and it made him play better, and it made the guys around him play better. His mobility is such an asset, uh, but in the vein of running backs, when he gets mobile – the defense knows where the ball is, <laughs> you know, and, and he's got an ability to to get out of some of those hairy situations. Uh, but I mean, you guys play some very athletic defenses. 
Uh, and, and, well, we and, do. And, and, you know, mixing that in, uh, while there's a lot of positive that can happen for the offense with that, I'm, I'm sure, too, you know, there's some things with that that you you guys are going to look at and figure out, okay, how can we how can we utilize that but keep Holton uh, or any quarterback as safe as possible? Yeah, you know, he, he's always been a dual-threat type guy. I think that was the one thing, you know, that uh, even even before I had left here the first time when he was just a sophomore and we already began to recruit him, you know, I don't know that we were sure that he would end up being a college quarterback, but we knew he'd be a college football player yeah. because he was such a fine athlete. You know, I'm not so sure he couldn't have played baseball here in East Carolina. At one time, you know, he was pretty darn good at that sport too. Yeah. And uh, so there was just a lot of things that showed you that he, he he's really athletic. You know, when you get into a situation, we, we would have probably liked to have run him a little bit more in designated quarterback run type things. Uh that he's pretty good at. He likes to do those type things. But we did get into a situation where it was just to a point where you, you've got to eliminate how many times he gets hit in a ball game. You know, you kind of go back to the ODU deal where he got hit and he didn't get back up. And yeah. that was a that was a tough little situation there for about five minutes in there. And then he didn't practice the entire next week and we had a Thursday night game on ESPN. So, you know, that was a that was a tough thing. So as the year went on, we did eliminate as many hits on him as we could. Now, you know, when you're in the pocket, it's the most dangerous place anyhow. But we, we did some things protection-wise after that that I think in the end actually made us better. It gave him a little more time to throw the ball, and that's one reason he threw it better. He was he was able to stand on two feet and throw it a little bit more in the second part of the season than he was in the beginning of the season because we kept some more guys in in protection in different ways like that. Uh, but I hope that we can we can still create some situations where he can break contain. He does a nice job on the scramble. Now you know he, he's a big young man. One thing is though he got beat up a little bit that freshman year, and he had a little bit of a knee deal, and I think it it aggravated him really throughout most of the season. I think really one thing is, and even missing spring ball, this could be one positive is our team will be more healthy because, sure. you know, it was 15 days of not getting pounded on a little bit uh, in, in that way that we will be healthier. And he feels fresher. Uh, we've asked him actually to trim up a little bit. Big John and him have worked hard, and Christine, the nutritionist, he's worked hard on eating right and eating the best. He's a total committed guy now. And we've asked him actually not necessarily lose weight, but to trim up a little bit and maybe become even a little bit more explosive just so that that first step when he avoids the rush or he steps up underneath a, a guy coming around the corner a little bit and takes off, that he'll be just a little bit quicker. And he feels like I think he is right now. And I actually think it's going to make him uh, stay fresher throughout the season, maybe being in a little better shape. Mad Hatter of Moorhead City, last thing here for you. Uh, will you be in upstairs again, return to the sideline, or to be determined? Well, probably depends on the weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we made the change, uh, you know, because at some point in there when you're – because I kept feeling like we were so close. Even in the games we didn't score a lot of points early, we would come back and we'd go, man, we were so close. We were about to get this thing rolling, and then we'd find some way – to kind of self-destruct a little bit. So at some point in there, you, you, there really was no magic to, okay, you, you, you'll you move, you'll do this, you'll see it better. Yeah, I guess you do. But 
but there, there was no magic to that. It was just sometimes as a coach, you've got to have an answer. Just like anybody in any business, you know, at the top of the, of the thing, you've got to have something to say, well, this is going to be the answer. This is how we're going to get better. So we made the change. And somewhere in there, I guess it was the Central Florida game. The second half, we really began to click a little bit. And so we stayed with that. And uh, well, we'll probably do the same this year. We haven't got too much into that. We probably will. And, and, and hopefully it'll even be better this year because if you do call the game from up, you do kind of set the game plan up a little bit differently. Last year, moving in the middle of the season, I really kind of called the game the same way mm-hmm. uh, as I would have from the, the sideline and didn't maybe take advantage of all the situations of being in the press box. So, now, that's all under the assumption that uh, we'll be able to use the press box, you know, point, yeah. and social distance. Those are some things that have come up about maybe the limited number of people that will be in the press box or how we'll do that. I, again, I think I'll still be up there. I don't think that will change things, but that is somewhat still, I guess, still to be determined. Donnie, thank you a bunch for your time. We're a little overtime with you here, but I, I appreciate uh, you taking some time with us here this afternoon. Well, we appreciate you guys. Y'all are the, the flagship here of the program with the radio deal, and we y'all do a great job of covering us. And, and uh, you know, all the Pirate fans I know enjoy the, the work y'all do, and I appreciate the time to get on here and talk a little bit. All right, Donnie, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Great stuff there. Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, ECU offensive coordinator. I really appreciate him taking all the time he did with us. Uh, okay, Ben, do we have time for Nikki Novak? Are we good? We're all set and ready to go. Okay. Nikki Novak, Fandango. We'll talk some movies, including one I watched when we return. So long with Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, but we're going to have Nikki Novak in here. So we're going—I don't, I don't know how long the segment is going to be, uh, but we welcome Nikki Novak uh, to our uh, little radio clubhouse. Nikki, let's just get <laughs> let's just get to the really important breaking news, <laughs> and that is you watched one of the movies I recommended. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> over the holiday weekend, uh, while we were at uh, the Working Man's Beach. I uh, I watched uh, one night the last uh, the wrong Missy the wrong uh, the wrong Missy did I get that yeah the so wrong you Missy. had it wrong too yeah if you had texted the wrong person the wrong name of the movie yes. whatever anyway <laughs> <laughs> so the wrong Missy and um uh, it, you know I enjoyed it. It, it the first of it part of it was really really good very funny kind of fell apart yeah, this is the David Spade on, right. on Netflix it's on Netflix on. kind of fell apart for me you know back half back third maybe. Uh, okay. But uh, I thought Spade was great. Uh, He's always great. Lauren Lumpkins. Did I have that? Did I pronounce that correctly? I, I saw yeah. her on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire last night. Good enough. She was fantastic. <laughs> yep. Had a lot of stars in it. They, they had some. They had some names on that. Uh, yeah. No, they had some good names. I mean, he always sort of brings. I mean, the thing about Adam Sandler is he probably has the best life ever because he brings his friends on vacation to these exotic locations and. You know, like when he did Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston, they went to Italy. Yeah. And, you know, Adam's wife is in the movie. So, yes. like, he brought his wife to Hawaii. And, and you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, he's got it, he's got it right. He his, knows what he's doing. His <laughs> wife was really good in the movie also. 
He, he was, yeah, she's she a was, great actress. She was really great in the movie. So no, I liked yeah. it. It for what it was. I enjoyed it. You know, little little popcorn kind of uh, holiday movie. I was. I, I thought it was you, good. Do you have a cheering sound effect that you can throw in there, or we can we get another applause? Oh, here we go. <laughs> there you have it. Nikki Novak from Fandango is with us here. Okay. That's all the time we have for today. All right, Nikki, thank you. No, uh, all right. So, uh, Nikki, what what are, as I say every week. Now, let me just say this about the movie. Uh, the reason we have Nikki on, we like Nikki quite a bit. Uh, and, 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 you know, even though I don't, we do this for the people. It's the only reason I do all this, Nikki, is for the people, if you really get down to it. So... <laughs> Uh, we want people to have the option of knowing what you know movies are, and, and I'm yeah. you know I'm like you with music. I'll check these movies out in a couple of years, and I'll say to myself, yeah. you know that Nikki Novak, she was right. So yeah. I and, and that's the way it, it is. <laughs> you know when I could watch it from the comfort of my own uh, home. So I still want you to watch Fighting with My Family. Get back to me when you watch that. One. All right, that's an older one from last year, but okay. yeah. All right, I will do that. I may, may do it this weekend, although I've got a lot of stuff to do this weekend, but I may do it this weekend. Okay, what do we have out there? What what can you watch this weekend uh, if you've so, watched everything that there is to watch? What's new? What's hip? Here's what's new. Here's what's hip. There's two brand spanking new things. Uh, the first is called The High Note. It is available on our streaming service, Fandango Now, and it is Tracy Ellis Ross, who you know from Blackish. Yes. And you probably know she's the daughter of Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. And I normally wouldn't say, oh, it's the daughter of, except that she's playing a superstar singer in this movie. And she's talked about the fact that she was pretty terrified her whole life to become a singer because she would be compared to her famous mother. But now she's finally has this role where she's playing the superstar singer where, you know, her label is offering her a Vegas residency. And she's like, you know what? I think I got one more album in me. And she teams up with uh, her personal assistant who wants to become a music manager, who is played by Dakota Fanning that you may know mm -hmm. from Fifty Shades of Grey. And Ice Cube also plays her manager in the movie. And you get to hear her sing and she does sound like her mother. <laughs> and she released a song, you know, a single off this. And it's like a feel good kind of lots of music and happy movie. That's I've seen, I'll, I'll I've seen a lot of commercials for this, so this is good. Yeah. 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 So that's available on demand. Also, if you want to check out a new streaming series, there's this new series called Space Force on Netflix. Okay. So this is basically a parody where this guy who's played by Steve Carell teams up with this scientist who's played by John Malkovich to lead up this new Space Force agency in the U.S. government. And like I said, it's a parody. Lisa Kudrow's also in it. Lisa Kudrow from Friends. And Ben Schwartz, who just played the voice of Sonic. Now, I'm just going to put the disclaimer out there. It did not get good reviews. It just <laughs> did not. And they released the first season on Netflix. But that's brand new today. And I love all these actors. I haven't gone through the season. I've watched part of the first episode. So I'm going to reserve a judgment until I watch the rest of it. But I'm just telling you, if you have Netflix and you want to watch something new and you want a goofy comedy, then watch Space Force. All right. Give me something that my beautiful bride and I could maybe watch from two or three years ago, because that's the that's the you know, where we'll watch it. Uh, you mentioned one. What's another we could possibly watch this weekend? And where oldie, are you going to watch it? We're going to watch it at home. We, we, we'll watch it at home. Oh, no, no. I mean, I know at home. I just didn't know what, you know. 
streaming oh, services uh, or whatever. Uh, probably, but, you know, anything on Netflix, anything that you can get on demand, something like that. You know, something along those lines, Amazon. Um, first one that put pot came to mind was Just Go With It. That was the one with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler when they go uh, to Hawaii. Yes, yes. Did yes. you ever see that one? I did not. So there you go. I'm writing this down. Just go That's with it. That's a okay. good rom-com if you're going to see it with the missus. If she likes that and... And Brooklyn Decker, who was married to Andy Roddick, it was like sort of like the babe in the movie, you know, it was kind of her first big role. But it's kind of fun. I mean, I actually just recommended it to a few people who had never seen it. And I always assume people have seen everything. And they were like, you haven't seen it? I was like, really? And they came back to me and sort of said the same thing that you said about the David Spade movie. (laughs) They were like, you know what? I kind of liked it. Like, it was really fun. It's a great escape. And for me right now, I like movies where there's a destination. And they're in Uh, Hawaii in this movie. So I can live vicariously through them. But Jennifer Aniston's always great. Her and Adam Sandler are great together. So that, I believe, you can rent on Fandango now. Okay. Um, And other um, on-demand platforms. So that's a good one, too. I think it's also available on Netflix. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll find that it. That was the one that just popped in my head. No, that's fine. So, yeah. N- Nikki Novak, she's going to go get some sleep now. Nikki, thank you. <laughs> I was up at 2 o'clock today. Thank you. Have a great <laughs> weekend, everybody. <laughs> the always enchanting Nikki Novak. Uh, we appreciate her being on with us. Also, Tony Kirkpatrick. And uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, fun week here. Uh, on the Patrick Johnson Show, which is a, a great way to close out the month and also uh, badly needed after uh, last week. We'll be back uh, Monday on the 1st. Whole uh, set of uh, shows next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, ben Byram, big weekend uh, ahead for him. As uh, the 1st is a big day for him. So, Ben, be, be uh, wise and safe out there this weekend, okay? I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to think about the P-Man. The back of my mind Don't. before I make a no. decision. Don't think about me. As I said earlier with Nikki, think about the people. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll be back on uh, Monday. Have a uh, safe weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you then.